Get ready for truth bombs and guidance from conservative leaders and entrepreneurs from God-fearing, freedom-loving, truth-telling, patriotic Americans. Welcome to Patriots with Grit. Now let's jump into today's episode with your host, Darren Ross. Well, you know, in the last seven days, Randy, in the last week, you and I have actually (laughs) talked to three different people who have been flashbanged and or rated rated or uh, incorrectly or unjustly imprisoned right by the FBI i mean this is absolute insanity yeah you asked me the question earlier did you ever think that it was this bad and i knew it was always corrupt but never to the extent that we just we've talked to uh now now we've got two people that have ran for senate and they were going to disrupt the establishment so with that, then they start getting persecuted and, oh. and hassled by the FBI. Thrown in jail. I mean, yep. uh, the two the two leveled uh, justice system. Close out their th- bank accounts, shut down their restaurant, take yep. their liquor license. I mean, anything they can do. But you know, we ha- we have two people on today. One, we have a, a great gal. She comes from the infomercial industry. She has a great skincare line. Lee Valentine, thank you for joining us today. You're going to introduce our guest here in just a little bit. But you were on, I believe, QVC and HSN. You were selling all kinds of uh, skincare. You had one of the best selling infomercials in a long, long time on there. And then out of the blue, you just kind of vanished, correct? Correct. Talk to us about that for just a few seconds. And then let's uh, let's get into our guest today, which is Connie Davies. Yeah, you don't want to miss this show. But yeah, I spent uh, 14 years on QVC and I had one of the best selling infomercials for beauty for about seven years. And then when I was trying to go back into the industry and come back with the new line, I really got persecuted because they saw pictures everywhere of me with President Trump. And it's just been so unfair what they do to attack us. And um, it's an honor to be here. I met you all at the Clay Clark event. We had a great interview. I think it was Branson, Missouri. We met Branson. I also met you in Tulsa back in April. And I knew I was like, I have to get this gal on. I want to get you on by yourself at some point to talk about your, your business, your entrepreneurship and really exactly what happened to you and how you really truly really were persecuted like right. what we're talking about in today's episode. But thank you. Go ahead and go ahead and uh, introduce our guest today, Lee. Yes. Well, listen, I am so excited. I'm glad you tuned in and you want to listen to the whole show because we are going to tell you about the FBI coming in and erasing evidence that would have kept a man possibly out of a 14-year sentence or whatever it is. Senator John Woods the FBI agent came in, Robert Cesario, and erased all of this evidence. And the hearing of the sentencing will be January 5th in Fort Smith, Arkansas. We will be there a few days early. We're going to make sure this gets national attention. That's right. But Connie and I, we have fought and fought, and she's a true freedom fighter. Mm-hmm. And she fought and went to Mark Meadows and Debbie Meadows, who got to President Trump. And she got Congressman Steve Stockman out of prison. This girl is a fighter. I know God did it. God did it. We give all the glory to God. But she worked very diligent. We all did. But she's a very, very strong fighter. She has taught 20 years at the Word of Faith Christian School. She has worked very closely with Congressman Charles Taylor, um, Mark Harris in Charlotte. She's done a lot of work for President Trump. She's an amazing woman. She also has is a is a history teacher, American history. 
You have your master's? I have my master's in, in public affairs. Yes. Public affairs. <laughs> and I've known her for many, many years, 25, 30 years. Our children know each other. She's a great woman of integrity. And when I tell you this woman will get into the pit with you, she'll get down there and fight. She will wrestle the gates of hell to let the truth come forth. That is Connie Davies. I'm very close to her and her family, and I have seen her work day and night to fight not only for people that I know and love, but people that she doesn't even really know, but she knows they've been falsely and incorrectly accused. And they're sitting in prison with no hope and they've shut the door, they've thrown away the key mm -hmm. simply because the FBI said it should be so or the whatever, the DOJ, whatever. But she has uncovered a lot of special things that you need to hear about today. A lot of new things that have just come out and I want your viewers to know and to get in the fight. We've just got a couple weeks before the sentencing of this FBI agent. He doesn't just need a pat on the hand and go home with a little probation. No, he needs to serve time because he's destroyed right. a man's life. The man, John Woods, has lost his wife, his family, all of his money because of all of these lies, because mm -hmm. he stood up against the establishment in Arkansas, okay? Mm -hmm. And stood up for other things. So, Connie, you take it away. God bless you all. I'll be back soon. All right, Lee, we'll have you back. All right, take care. All right. So, Connie, it seems to me, and I think Randy would agree, it seems like the U.S. has become almost like a third world country with its justice or rather its injustice system with what's going on with all these people. The J6ers, I, I just got back from an event in Oklahoma a week or two ago, and we had some people there that uh, that we kind of became friends with that is rallying. They are rallying around all these J6 people. And I just never thought in, in all my years I would see anything so corrupt and so nefarious as what's going on in this nation. I mean, we had a guy on our show, he's a father of a J6er. And the people we met here a couple weeks ago, you know, they said the the actual prisons in DC are being run by guards from, from Nigeria. Nigeria. And and they're hiring Nigerian guards so they won't be able to, you know, come back on American guards. And, exactly. and the way that they're paying these Nigerians to treat these Americans is just atrocious. I mean, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. So tell us about John Woods. I know that you worked with him. You worked with uh, another senator also that you did help to get get freed. But let's let's just dig into this and let our viewers know, you know, what's truly going on and how unjust these people are being treated. Okay, thank you so much, gentlemen, for giving me an opportunity to share. I really do appreciate you giving me a platform because one of the biggest challenges we have right now is getting the truth out about what's going on in this country. Mainstream media is not covering this kind of story. Oh. They're not touching it. They don't want to touch it. And it's people like you that's that's giving a, a platform for the truth to come out. I want you to know how much I greatly appreciate what you're doing here. Um, you know, it's not surprising us now what we're seeing because, you know, all these years we've, we thought that we had a justice system, that there was equal justice under the law, that everybody in America from the president down to the person on the street had to live according to the rule of law. And we're finding out that's not true anymore in America. Sad to say, we've lost that. We've lost justice. It's falling in the streets. And we need to wake up. People need to listen to what's going on. Connect with people like you and conservative organizations that, that are telling the truth about what's happening. Because here's another example of a man that's been wrongly accused and is now sitting as an innocent man in prison in Texas. His name is Senator former Senator John Woods. 
Now, I want to start by saying this about John, because he wants this to be made very clear. We don't know really the motives why he's sitting in prison, except for the fact that he was the first and only public official in the state of Arkansas to endorse Donald Trump in the presidential primaries. Now, that that will make you wonder, is this why he's really sitting in prison? It's because he's a threat. Uh, my, his brother told me that John is an extremely conservative uh, senator, that he stands for what's right. He doesn't bow. He doesn't bend. He doesn't compromise. Well, these kind of people like John Woods are a threat to this administration. They're a threat to uh, the, the liberal uh, uh, tyrants that are trying to take over our country. And he's a man that, that stood in integrity to do the right thing in the state of Arkansas. So the way I met John Woods, and by the way, I want your, your, your audience to pay very close attention because there are things that we can do to help John right now. And we need, we need people on board. You may say, well, I'm not from Arkansas and I don't live there. Well, God has shown me that if it's happening in Arkansas, it can happen in my state of North Carolina. It can happen anywhere because we don't have a justice system that's fair anymore. So John Woods, John Woods is now sitting in a prison in Texas. He's been there for four years. He has 14 more years to go if he doesn't get out. Uh, the, the charges that came against him were charges of, of fraud, uh, that he uh, took money, uh, bribes, and um, got kickbacks for money that he got for a Christian school in Arkansas. Well, John Woods, I can guarantee you, did not take any money from the state of Arkansas. He's not that kind of a person. And I can say that because I've met him. I've, I've gotten to know the, those that are close to him, his brother, uh, uh, a friend of his that got him involved in, in government many years ago. And the things that I've read about John and what I've seen in meeting him personally, he is not a person that's going to break the law. In fact, when charges came against John, um, he felt like that they were uh, stacking charges on him um, to force him to take a plea deal. And John would not take the plea deal, would not take a plea deal for what they were accusing him of because he said, I didn't do anything wrong. I did not, I did not take money that was not mine. I didn't do it. Well, they kept pressuring him and pressuring him to take a plea deal and he would not take a plea deal. Well, as it turns out, he ends up getting 18 years and four months in prison and come to find out with well, the reason one of the reasons he wouldn't take a plea deal for first he's innocent but he wanted the truth to come out gentlemen he wanted people to know what really happened and if he took a plea deal then it could never he could never appeal his case he would never be able to go to the, the court of appeals uh to to get his story out so he um went to the Court of Appeals. The Court of Appeals upheld the case in uh, the district court. But let me go back and share with you a little bit about what happened in John Wood's case. Uh, there was a FBI agent, Robert Cesario, and this won't surprise us now after what we're hearing about the FBI and the corruption there. There was an agent, Robert Cesario, that had information on a computer that had been given to him by a co-defendant of John's. And uh, he had this computer. We don't know what all was on the computer, but in August of this past year, he admitted to destroying evidence on this laptop. It was in a government official uh, issued laptop that he destroyed evidence. And in August 17th, he admitted to this. Uh, here's some articles I think you're showing. Uh, Gateway Pundit carried this article as well as um, Epic Times. 
They, they covered it in a story uh, talking about what Robert Cesario did, destroyed this evidence and um, admitted to doing it. Now, interesting thing about it is that in admitting that he did it, he admitted to destroying evidence. He took one charge, but we don't know how many charges there were against him, but it seems as though there were other crimes that he committed as an FBI agent as it relates to John Wood's case. Whether he's done anything with anybody else, we don't know. I, I don't know enough about that. But but nonetheless, in this case, he had a government-issued laptop that he destroyed evidence. And, and so here's where the two two-tiered justice system comes into play when he gets charged would you say he's already uh put in a plea did he yes. put in a he put, he, yes yes he put in a plea august the 17th and that's when those articles came out about him admitting to what he had done they had information about this in pre-trial hearings they knew that something had happened with this computer but he didn't admit to it he actually lied to the judge and now um in all of this last year, he admitted to destroying the evidence, which is kind of interesting because it's been several years since this took place, this case with John Woods. This was back, I think, 2018, 2018. So, um, it, yeah, go ahead. Connie, I think I read somewhere in what you sent us over all these reports that he took it to a, a computer repair place in Arkansas and paid $59 to have them totally wipe it. And then he took it home exactly. and had someone else wipe it again to make sure it was double wiped. So I mean, you exactly. know, he's, you know, he's a you know he's a chicken if he's going to take a plea, whereas John Woods didn't, or John Woods is a true hero. Exactly, John Woods stood in front of those that were getting ready to uh, to to send him to prison and would not lie. He wouldn't be, bow. He wouldn't bend. Good for I him. love people that are not going to bow to these threats because, unfortunately, some people they they there's so much to lose for some people, their families or whatever. But John, you know, John stood there in the face of, of a judge knowing that he was going to get sentenced to long term in prison, but would not bow his knee. It reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He wouldn't bow. So um, anyway, no, but let me share with about the wiping of this laptop. He wiped it, had it professionally wiped, paid cash to have it done. Why would he pay cash? Yep. Then he wiped it again himself. But then there was also another computer and a pen, like a recording pen, that also was erased. Hmm. So there, there's, there was plenty of evidence. There were plenty of, of uh, information that was available, but it was all wiped away. It was all uh, destroyed. And so we feel, which seems pretty obvious, that he did not have a fair trial. In fact, if you go back to the trial, the pretrial hearing, Judge Timothy Brooks of Arkansas would not even allow the jury to hear that there was a laptop that was never even allowed in court. Wow. That there was a laptop that had evidence on it that was destroyed. So who do you now think? Who do you, who do you, who do you think bought off Judge Timothy Brooks? Who's to say? Who knows? Who knows what's going on? I mean, the collusion and the corruption in our judicial system is beyond, and the networking of this seems to be so complex. But it seems like that the swamp is much deeper than we thought it was. And that the levels of corruption are going much higher than we would have ever thought in this country. But we it's happened. And I think the American people now are waking up to the fact that this has been going on for a while. And they're beginning to pay attention to what's going on. But what happened to the J6ers? Same thing. I mean, these people, they went into the... Capitol building, you know, there was a misdemeanor charge. Why are they still sitting in prison? Yeah. 
Why haven't they had a defense? Why haven't they had uh, a, a fair, a speedy trial? I mean, this is our justice system, which is not just, it's a department of injustice at this point. So the thing that, that concerns me, if they can come after uh, John Woods like they did, if they can come after the J6ers, who's stopping them? What's gonna happen next? Who are they gonna come after? We might as well stand in line and wait our turn. If we're standing up for what's right and true in this country, then we're a threat to the, to the left and they'll come after us, make up things about us. They don't care about the truth. The truth means nothing. And one thing that I say, and um, I said it one time on a podcast, it just came out of me, but now I'm using it kind of like a slogan, is that there's no freedom without justice and there's no justice without truth. Absolutely. So, Connie, yeah. I, 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 need to, I need to ask you this question. How long do you think the FBI and the DOJ have been dirty, corrupt, and crooked? I have no idea. I, I think we'd be shocked to know how, how oh, long I think it goes back to the 60s. I, I didn't see it till COVID started. And, and you, I, you I, I knew when COVID started, that's the biggest con ever dropped on humanity. But I think I agree with Randy. It goes back decades that they're corrupt. I mean, I, I had no clue. I mean, you know, you're always you're always taught to, you know, respect the FBI and respect law enforcement. And, you know, I, you know, these judges, all I say judges are nothing but dirty attorneys in black robes. That's the way most of them are. <laughs> Or a large percentage of them. I think they're crooked. I think they're dirty. I think they're bought and paid off. And I think they're just, they're like dirty rats. Well, and then you take into account, I mean, this is so big. You take into account that Twitter, the Twitter files dropped today shows definite uh, evidence that the FBI was paying Twitter, exchanging money oh, yeah. to suppress and to actually post propaganda and make fake but, but, but speaking of suppression you're going to get suppression on the mainstream media because you're not going to 70 80 percent of america is not going to see that because they're in bed with twitter or they're in bed with the future or former owners of twitter they're in bed with the doj so the most mm -hmm. most of the population of america is not going to see this truth as it comes out I, I i keep saying people always talk about you know peaceful non-compliance i said that should have ended 33 months ago when covid <laughs> dropped yeah had we gotten rid of peaceful non-compliance back then, we'd have been in a different position that we're in today. Go ahead. Exactly. And I, and I agree with you too, because I do believe, as you do, I, I'll share this with you. I also uh, teach Holocaust studies. And, you know, when COVID came up uh, back in March of 2020, I thought, here we go. This is going to be it. They're going to, they're going to, it's going to be a state of an emergency. The government's going to step in. They're going to start taking away our rights, our freedoms, our liberties, tell us what to do. I knew this because I'm a Holocaust educator as well. And this is the same tactics. And I don't think I'm stretching it here. I think we learn from history. These are the same tactics that Adolf Hitler used when he took over Germany. And one of the first things he did after he called a state of an emergency, he started locking up his, 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 those that didn't agree with him, the ones mm -hmm. that were going to stand in his way. That's one of the first things he did. So what do we see happen now? You know, I met John Woods through former Congressman Steve Stockman. Steve Stockman went into Congress in 2012. This is how I met John. 2012, he went into Congress because he knew things weren't right during the Obama years. And he wanted to be a part of stopping this, this train wreck. And when he went in there, he started finding out about all these things that were going on and, and started really looking for corruption. And he was finding it. And we see, you know, we saw the, the Fast and Furious scandal during the Obama years. We saw the, uh, the, uh, the Benghazi scandal we never got answers for. We saw, and then we have Lois Lerner show up with the IRS. 
And what is he do- she doing with the, these 501c3s that Tea Partiers are applying for? She's holding on to them. She's not doing anything with them. And these people had a right to their, their tax exempt status. And, and she wouldn't she wouldn't do anything. So when Steve Stockman actually wanted to question her uh, in Congress, she wouldn't answer the subpoena. So two weeks after he got on Fox News and called for her arrest, FBI show up at his door mm-hmm. to arrest him. Okay, so was trying to, to drain the swamp during the Obama years. And obviously it wasn't drained. It got deeper. And so now you've got, and we see Lois Learning coming back in the news now, right? So we, we were aware of things going on then, but nothing was ever done. Nothing was ever done about these things. And, you know, when, when, when President Trump lost that 2020 election, it was, it, was, it was heart-wrenching for us because we saw what he did for our country in just four years and what he was able to accomplish in just such a short period of time, what he could have done if he hadn't had such opposition. I mean, most of the people in Washington were against him. And, and you've got other people, not just Donald Trump. You've got a lot of good conservatives that are out there. I guarantee you the government, if it stays the way it is now, they're going to come after anybody that's speaking the truth, any lawmaker that's trying to speak the truth. And I believe that's why we see a lot of compromise in, in uh, Washington, D.C. They're afraid. The people are afraid of this. We can't be afraid for standing up for what's right. Uh, so, so, Connie, I have to know this. What percent of people, if there are any, are left in D.C. that are good, honest politicians or good, wholesome people? I have no idea. I would love to know that. How can we? How can we uh, find out? <laughs> I know somebody came. I, mean, out, I think it's somebody came out and said they thought ninety nine percent of them were corrupt, and that was somebody in Congress. I hope they're not right. I hope there's. Some, I hope there's more than that that's standing for truth. Yep. Because without it, we're, we're gone. We're gone. The country that we grew up with is gone. And, you know, and I'm it, a grandmother. I've got children. I've got grandchildren. I don't want my children to grow up having to face this kind of tyranny. And Connie, I, I say all the time, I think people, even our conservative Christian friends that we know and hang out with, my wife and I, I say most of them don't even care. And the sad thing is most of them don't even know what's going on. I always say, you know, as long as they have their Starbucks and their phones, they're just happy as can be. You know, get them their coffee and their smartphones, and they're just they're they're set. Are they are they shutting their eyes and their ears to the truth of what's going on, or they just don't care at all? I mean, they don't know anything. I mean, that's my question. I mean, you know, we've we've got to be aware of what's going on. And I think in America, we're, we're guilty of taking our freedoms for granted. And we think just because this is what we were established, a constitutional republic, and that we've enjoyed freedom all of these years, that we've gotten too lazy, and we're not willing to get in the fight. You know, those that, that, that birthed this country were willing to lay down their lives, their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor, to have freedom. And we've gotten lazy in America. We want something for nothing. It's not going to happen that way. We've got, we've got to, every person has a responsibility as an American citizen. And a lot of people think, well, I voted. I did vote. You know, I've got, you know, I've done that. I've done my civic duty. It, right now, it's going to require more than a vote. It's going to require our voices. It's going to require our time to write letters, do whatever we need to do. But the first thing we need to do is get educated. We need to find out the truth of what's going on. And people like you, you fellas, what you're doing here, pro- providing a platform, uh, Patriots with Grit, 
what an appropriate name because to go. be a paper, find me, Rando. <laughs> you've got to have grit. You've got to have that fight in you. And, and, and a lot of people just aren't willing to get in the fight. Right. And I don't understand that, but you know, I'll tell you, and you were talking about the Christians, you know, I, I told you, I, I teach Holocaust studies and, um, and when you go back and you even look at the Holocaust, you see people that knew what was going on or they suspected, maybe they didn't know exactly what was going on, but they, you know, suspected something wasn't right. I mean, how do you, how do you see trains of people going by all the time and, and not know that something's kind of wrong with that picture. Right. And in, in the, in the book of Proverbs, it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It says, if you see someone tottering to the slaughter, hold them back from their doom. If you profess ignorance, does God, does not God look down and see you? Does he not know? And will he not hold you accountable for what you know? I read that and I thought, and I thought years ago, I thought, you know, in teaching the Holocaust, I thought if I ever get to the point where I have to stand for what's right, even if it's, if it's going to cost me something, I pray I have the strength to do it. Right. You know, we need the strength to stand in this day and hour. But one thing that's so important is for patriots to stand together. We've got to stand together. We've got to network together and be there for each other. And many times I think, too, uh, in, in the scriptures, I get I get my motivation from the word of God as a Christian. You know, it says it talks about in the book of Nehemiah, when they were building a wall of protection around Jerusalem, they placed the families around that wall. Children women, men placed around the wall and they were given responsibility to build a portion of the wall and they were given a tool and they were given a weapon. Hey guys, here I am at Clay Clark's podcast. He's been with my new friend, Mike Lindell. If you don't know Mike, he's a true patriot fighting for you, fighting for America. We are one of Mike's uh, customers that uh, he helps promote our show. And I tell you what, Mike, you know what? I'm so excited about this week. We're three weeks away from Christmas, three weeks, not two. Right on. I got my first check this week from my awesome. belt. My belt you know? And if you don't use Mike's products, you don't use the pillow, the sheets, the towels, the slippers. Mike, I always say on your show, our show, that your slippers are like we're in love on your feet. Yeah, Is that yeah. right? Well, every product I get, I reverse engineer. And those slippers have stuff in it that's not in any other slipper in the world. It's actually impact gel. patented impact gel made out of U.S. soybean that uh, distribute your weight and there's nothing like it. And our family raises soybeans, so that makes it even there more emotional. You know what, so we raise corn and soybeans. So if there you're not go. trying Mike Lindell's products, the pillows, the sheets, the the, uh, the slippers, go to MyPillow.com, promo code GRIT, you'll get a great discount. And I tell you what, these are the best products on the planet. Mike's fighting for you, we're fighting for you. Take advantage of these, see you later. Thanks for being a customer, thanks for watching. Take care. And Nehemiah gave instructions for them to keep working. And he said, but if you hear the trumpet sound, if you hear the trumpet sound, go to that side of the wall where there's a breach in the wall, mm -hmm. run to that side. And that's exactly what they did. If there was a breach or there was an attack of the enemy, they would drop what they were doing and run to the wall. And that's what we're asking people to do with us for John Woods in Arkansas. On January the 5th at 10 o'clock in the morning, we're going to be standing at those, those courthouse steps. And we're going to be asking for justice that day. Actually, we're going to be going January the 3rd is when we're going to be starting because the, the uh, sentencing is not until the 5th. We want Robert Cesario and we want the judge in this case to know that we are watching 
and that we're going to be there and that we're going to demand that something be done to Robert Cesario. It's not right for an innocent man to be sitting in prison in Texas for 18 years when he could have been exonerated with proof that was on a computer that an FBI agent knowingly erased. Cesario and, and, and Timothy Burks, the judge that sentenced John Woods, should both be uh, cellmates, I think. <laughs> I think that'd be very appropriate. Yep. So You know, something needs to happen. Absolutely. And, 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 I, and I do, and, I, and I'm trusting God is going to do something. My faith is in God. You know, th- these, these kind of situations seem impossible in, with the political environment that we're in right now. But, uh, you know, we worked very hard to get Steve Stockman out of prison, and we did. And it's because of God and it's because of prayer. And if there's anything that the church can do right now is pray, at least do that. And then ask God, what is, what is your place? What is your place on the wall? What can you do? I mean, I know, you know, I can't sit back on the sidelines and watch something like this. I can't watch a man sit in prison that's innocent, knowing about it and not at least do something, write a letter, whatever God tells you to do. But that's, I'm just, I'm just, uh, begging people if there's something you can do um well connie I, I believe when i was reading through this summary uh, i mean most of the time people like this would go to what we call a country club prison or a minimum security prison it sounded like they put john woods at something far worse than that put him in solitary confinement for eight months for trying to break up a fight if i if i remember reading that correctly so i mean you have a guy trying to do right while he's in in this unjustly imprisonment yeah, false imprisonment and they're still treating him like dirt yeah well you know i visited john and honestly john has earned a lot of respect there uh, among the inmates as well as it seems the guards um they call him senator <laughs> so they, they're showing a, a bit and, and not in a mocking way in a respectful way so john is making the most of his time there one of the things that he's doing while in prison is that he's trying to get a FOIA um, request into the the, um, inspector general of the DOJ. He wants to know what other charges were against Cesario. And I think that shows the posture that he's taking with all of this, that he's not just lying down and giving up, that he's really trying to find out what's going on. And I really respect him for that. you know, he's not just buying time. And I, you know, and I told John, I said, you know, don't give up. It's always too soon to quit. You know, we can't quit in this fight. And I, and I told John too, I said, you know, you're a face to a cause for me. I've met you. I know what you're going through. Um, I, I know a little bit about your story. And I said, but really John, and I told him this and he agreed. I said, this is bigger than you are. This is much bigger. This is a fight for our country. This is a fight for anyone that's being falsely accused, that's sitting in a prison cell right now. And who else, who knows who, how many more might be right. outside of the J6ers? We don't know. And many of these people don't have an advocate. I'm grateful. I'm honored. I'm honored to have an opportunity to help an innocent man, whatever we can do. And whoever I can rally uh, to our side to help in the cause. I, 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 it, it's not something to be shameful of. It's something to be um, just grateful that you have the opportunity so, and there's others that, that I think that God wants to bring on board to, to help out in causes like this. You know, and what infuriates me is, and before I get into that, is, is him admitting what he had done. So he's yes. admitted it on the record in court. 
Yes. And so before we step to that part of it, can you just do a brief description to our viewers what an amicus brief is? Yes, my, my best understanding, and I'm not a legal scholar and I'm not a lawyer, but um, um, an amicus brief is usually, it's, it's, I think it's the, the Latin, defini uh, the definition of it is friend of the court. Okay. It's actually a letter that can be sent to a court um, uh, by someone, usually it's by legal firms or organizations that are involved with particular issues, um, but it's, it's a, a, a friend of the court letter giving background information or understanding to the court so that a decision can be made, a right decision can be made. Um, and the, the interesting thing about this particular amicus, uh, amicus brief or amicus brief, however way you say it, is that this was filed with the court, uh, the appellate court in John's case, um, and it was the National Association for Criminal of Criminal Defense Lawyers. And they had reviewed this case. They picked this case up. And the interesting thing is they, they're, they're about 30 members, 30,000 members strong. It's known to be somewhat liberal in its leaning sometimes, but they picked this case up because there were some um, parts of the case that they felt were particularly egregious. And they wrote the letter to the court, this amicus, saying that the, the, that the government misconduct in this case was uh, egregious. And uh, really, it was a reprimand uh, to the court, and they were recommending that this case um, be thrown out. And obviously, so it wasn't. Here's the document. You, yeah. Can Can you see it enough to read it? Yeah. Hold on. Let me see. Let me put my glasses on here. It is well settled in this circuit that outrageous government conduct that shocks the conscience can require dismissal of a criminal charge, but only if it falls within the narrow band of the most intolerable government conduct. Whether particular government conduct was sufficiently outrageous to meet the standard is a question of law, which we reviewed de novo. But it is difficult to imagine a more outrageous set of facts. Goes to the next page. Showing conduct calculated calculated to frustrate a defendant's efforts to conduct a fair and full investigation of all facts that may be relevant to his guilt or innocence. If this case does not define the outer boundaries of what constitutes outrageous or intolerable government conduct, then there is no case which may do so. And when I read this, I thought, you know, it seems as though they're saying that they've not seen anything quite as outrageous as this. This, this stretches to the bounds of what we would call uh, egregious misconduct by the by the uh, the uh, government. Well, I believe you said uh, what I read earlier, Connie, was that uh, had he taken a plea deal, his sentence would have been approximately one third the time as if he didn't take a plea deal. I'm not sure. I do know if he'd have taken a plea deal, he would have gotten less time because that's what plea deals are all about. They're all about you taking making a deal with the court that if you admit to something, then then you're going to get off. That's what Cesario is is asking. He did, he did a plea deal in hopes of getting a lesser sentence. Now, his sentence, let me share this with you. Cesario's sentence, according to the law, could be as much as 20 years in prison. Well, and it should 20 be. years. He's an FBI he's guy. He'll, he'll never get one, it. He'll never get it. Exactly. And that's what we're feeling is that it's not going to happen. For him to even ask that, to me, is obnoxious. I knowing mean, it's how, like. Knowing how corrupt how, the feds are now, they'll give him unsupervised, uh, you know, probation. Well, Connie, well, the other, th the other thing with that is 
he should be held to a higher regard. He is Absolutely. oh Randy, it's the FBI, the DOJ, know, they're but, all criminals. Most but of them. His penalty should be worse Come on. simply because he put an unjust man in prison because of his lying. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. There should be a much greater, higher standard for officials. One hundred percent. Absolutely. And knowing our system, much they'll probably give so. him a, a, a fatter retirement and, and <laughs> more time off and bonus. Just the corruption is. Uh, and, well, know, let's hope. And I don't let's, care which side of the fence hope. you're on. It's it's if something's going to happen with all of this. I was going to say, yeah. Connie, it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on, a left-leaning liberal or a, a right-wing conservative. I mean, I would fight the same for both sides if they were unjustly accused. Uh, there's just there's no reason for it on either side of the fence. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. We all live under the rule of law from the top, from the president down to the man on the street. We all live the same under the rule of law. And the law should be applied equal justice under the law. No two-tiered system, no two-tiered justice system. We're all treated the same, and that's what we should expect. And I think that's what Americans do expect. And so when this happens, they have a hard time believing it. They can't wrap their head around what's going on with our justice system. They want to believe that that you're going to get justice if you go to court. Well, we're seeing that's not true. It, mm -mm. It's oh. not true. It's not happening in most cases. So when we're seeing enough of this happen now, I mean, last week I was looking at um, at uh, ACLJ's website and every article that Jay Seklow was posting last week had to do with FBI corruption. Wow. It was incredible. I'm thinking, this is this is a real hot topic. I mean, we're right on the penny with this thing now. And I'm hoping with everything that's going on now around the country that people will pay attention to this case. This is just one more piece of the bigger puzzle that we're seeing of government corruption. It's one small piece of the puzzle, but it's an important piece because it's a man's life. And that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for justice. So Connie, when you went to visit John in prison, what kind of uh, conditions was that environment? Well, he's in the Bastrop prison. He seems to be, like I said, being treated very well in, this, in, in the respect that he's not being mistreated. Um, I will say that we found out that uh, up until a few months ago, his prison cell, though, was like a seven by 10. And there were three men in that cell. Whoa. And they, 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 they've corrected that problem now. But as far as the way he's personally being treated, it seems as though he's being treated OK. Um, I get uh, emails from him telling me what he's doing, um, um, how he's staying busy. He tries to get, get outside as much as possible so that he can get exercise and stay healthy because those years of COVID when they weren't able to get outside and, and uh, be active uh, had a, a, a toll on their, on their bodies, obviously. But he looked great. In fact, if you look at the picture here, I don't know if you can see this or not. This is a picture of me and him in prison, if you can believe it. They let him take a picture. Wow. Can you see that? Yeah. He looks pretty good, doesn't he? Yeah. He's a nice-looking young man, precious. He's got a heart of gold. He's there trying to help some of his friends that are in prison that are down and out. And um, he's making the, the best of what he can do while he's in prison. And uh, we're hoping, though, that he's going to get out pretty soon. So you wouldn't uh -huh. call you wouldn't call this Connie a country club prison? going to happen. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so Not at all. He's not in a camp. A camp, many times, I think they have those amenities, those special amenities. No, he, 
in a prison. Okay, I'll so, answer if I can. So you had your, uh, I forgot his first name, Stockman. Steve. Steve Stockman. Yeah. You were uh -huh. successful yes. there. Is this a similar approach? Do you think that you can use the similar approach? No, to get to oh, get no way. Biden in the administration, he's not going to pardon anybody. No, no conservatives. Okay, that's right. Stockman got it pardoned. That's right. Pardoned by it wasn't a pardon. Actually, it was a commutation. Okay, all right. He just got commuted, so he didn't get a full pardon. He's one year of probation. Well, you okay. know when you have a communist in the White House, it's yeah, fake. He's They're doing well, but he. No, no. There's so, not going to be any pardons for conservatives, I don't think. In the so with with the the uh, amicus that came out, is yes. there is that something that that if I understand it, that the judge will review it, and then is there any chance he'll get a retrial? No, that's already been reviewed. That was in the appellate case. Remember, so he had not, the district court case, the criminal charges that came in a district court, federal district court. And then he didn't take a plea bargain because he wanted to be able to appeal it. And uh, he appealed it and they denied the appeal. So he's so done. Pretty much unless something, something happens. I mean, we don't know what can happen. We don't know what the recourse is at this point. We just feel like it's an urgent time for us to get this, this story out about this FBI agent. Right. If something can happen with that, that's that. And we were hoping, actually, when this happened in August, he had just hired another attorney. He's had three attorneys, three. The, and the same thing with Steve Stockman. We don't have good defense attorneys that are going in there and fighting for these people. So uh, he, had, he had a defense attorney that we was hoping was going to go to bat for him. When this came out in August of 17th, um, we were kind of sitting on the edge of our seats, especially after... Uh, Gateway Pundit put out an article and the Epic Times put out an article that the 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 lawyer was going to file something with the, the court. Um, my understanding at that point, the, the appeal was submitted to the court, but we were hoping that this would put a punch on it to get it something done. It didn't happen. He didn't move on it, which was a huge disappointment because we thought for sure there would be something done at that point. Nothing was done. Well, so, so many we're of sitting here. Are uh, what? Too. Oh, that's true. So um, anyway, we don't know. We don't know what our recourse is at this point. Uh, like I said, we, we feel like we just need to let the public know this is what's going on. Um, if there's anything that can happen, like I said, I'm not a lawyer. I'm, I'm not a legal mind. I don't know how all of this works. I've, I'm still learning so much of this whole process. But um, I feel like that we need to let them know that we know what's going on right. and that want to hold them accountable and hold their feet to the fire um, and just see what happens. Right now, we'd like to see Cesario go to trial as he deserves and serve time in prison as he deserves. All right. Connie, age-wise, how old is John Woods and how old is this nefarious Cesario character? I don't know. John, I don't know Cesario's age. John just turned... 41 when he went to prison. 41. And he has 14 more years. Jeez. He has 14 more years. 
So this other Cesario character, you don't have any idea. I mean, is he like middle age? Or is he ready to retire and get his full retirement? And... No idea. Okay. I've not done any bio sketch on him. I have okay. no idea. All right. Matter of fact, oh, I I've, did a... I've seen a photo of him with uh, Mueller shaking his hand. I've seen a photo of that. Okay. That'll yeah. tell you something. Well, I was looking some stuff up on Google to try and find some background on him, and it was hard to find anything about him. Oh, Cesario? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it is. They've scrubbed it, baby. Yep. It's gone. Yeah. So even even the Department of Justice, if you look at the OIG report there, uh, uh, when he actually took a plea, uh, there's a very short paragraph that talks about him. Just very short. Nothing, no no details or anything, just just a very brief um, sketch of of what he did so you're trying to rally the troops for this this court hearing a couple days ahead of time do do you want people to reach out to you and if so how can they get a hold of you and and maybe coordinate some stuff yes and i know we're really trying to we're we're racing the clock at this point um again i'll tell you we're going to be in arkansas on the third through the fifth of january we want people to show up if they can. Um, we, um, we're going to be protesting there on the courthouse steps. Uh, we, we want Cesario to be shocked when he drives up to the courthouse that day uh, and see that there are people that know what's happened, that he's not hidden this. Um, we are, and I'll give you the address. I can give that information to you, fellas. I think you may have it. I might have sent it to you already. Where that's going to be the uh, courthouse there at Fort Smith on 30 South 6th Street in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Uh, Judge P.K. Holmes will be presiding over that hearing. If you can't make it, you can write letters to the judge. We have people that are writing letters saying that that we're aware of this, uh, this sentencing that's taking place. Um, We're asking that people be firm but respectful because he is a judge. He is a federal judge. So we do show some respect, but we want to let him know that we know about Cesario, that Cesario needs to serve some time in prison. And um, we want to see justice rendered in this situation, uh, at least to that point. Um, if they want, we're, we're working right now to put a website together. We don't have it up yet. Um, we do have a domain that will be used. I don't want to give it out yet since we don't have anything up. But um, if I could give you my email address, I don't mind doing that. Um, if you want to take messages, uh, collect those and send them our way, whatever whatever way can, we can facilitate this. Can you just slowly spell out your uh, email if you don't mind? Because so, we have people just on an audio uh, on podcast. On the podcast, listening. Absolutely. My email address is C, as in candy, C Davies, D-A-V-I-E-S, 28139 at gmail.com. C D A V I E S two eight one three nine at gmail.com. Yes, and we will be getting this website up. We've got a team that's working on that. Um, like I said, we're just trying to get the word out right now more than anything. And uh, but we know that that's going to facilitate our efforts to have that website up. So uh, when we get that up, I will let you gentlemen know. And if you wouldn't mind just posting that somehow to to remind your viewers that this is how they can get in touch and find out the many options that they may have. If it's write letters, make phone calls, 
do uh, be there on the 5th of January or the 3rd of January. We're going to, I think we're having a, 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 the press there. We're going to try to get them there on the 3rd. We want it, we want it the day, but we want it before the sentencing day itself. We want to be a step ahead. And then uh, again, on the 5th, we'll be there. I'll probably be there on the 4th as well. So um, I'd love for folks to join us. Uh, We've got some people coming from North Carolina. Hey, we're like, Nehemiah building that wall, right? When we hear the trumpet blow, we we rally around the breach and we we go to give the support that we need. So, so Connie, that, I, I'm guessing that not only are you spending your time, but you you all are doing this just out of your own pocket, correct? Of course. I mean, there's true God-fearing, freedom-loving American patriots like you all that are are driving two days one way and two days back and spending two or three days there. Your hotels, your food, your gas, plus your time. I mean, what does that say about about people like well, you at least well, what's your freedom worth exactly and you know what's we your, get, that's a new t-shirt that's, what, t-shirt. Your, that's a t-shirt <laughs> i mean you know there are people that have literally gone to the battlefields knowing that they may never go home again i mean the least we can do is spend some money on our gas and our our lodging or whatever 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 we need to do god provides for his people when we stand for what's right amen and my faith. That's where my faith is. And I'm just, I'm just trusting God with this. And uh, I pray that God lays it on other people's hearts. It may not be what God tells you to do, but I believe if, if you pray, God will tell you to do something on your part of the wall. I'm just saying in general, we have to create a more stern system of resistance to what we see is improper. Exactly. Well, you can't look, just sit there. look what they've done to us in the last 33, 34 months. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I said March 12, 2020, I said COVID is simply a test drive for something much bigger to come. Exactly. I said the same thing. And for the everything, everything Brother Darren has said that's a conspiracy theory has come true. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that to toot my own horn. I mean, yeah, you are. It's, <laughs> okay. I, but they've <clears> all come true. I mean, I agree with you. It's it's just it's a test drive for some. Look what they're doing now with the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. I mean, that's a whole different thing. And people are like, "What? What are you talking about, Derek? What's Central Bank?" I'm like, "Okay, it's happening over in Europe. It's happening all these countries across the nation, across the world." People are like, "What is Central Bank Digital Currency?" I'm like, "Research it. Look it up. Dig into it. Pay attention because it's coming." And don't don't and, and you know don't freak out when don't they say that, that we got too too much carbon dioxide. And they're going to have to lock us yeah. down again. Don't believe what we're saying. Research it for yourself. And that's what a lot of people won't take the time to do. Oh, that. they're too busy playing golf and drinking their Starbucks, man. They don't have time for their freedom. <laughs> I always say people are too, Connie. This is what I say: the four F's: freedom, family, finances, and feelings. People are so worried about their what their family is going to say, what their friends are going to say. What happened to their finances? If they speak out, their work's going to cut them or, or fire them. But you know, they're worried about the they're going to hurt people's feelings. You know, I don't care about any of that. I, yeah. I don't need any more friends. I have enough friends. You know, <laughs> well, I don't worry about hurting people's feelings. Are you hurting mine? I don't care. I'm worried about as as a friend of mine says, the pay is the, the pay is low and the hours are long, but we're doing it for our kids and grandkids. That's exactly right. One hundred percent. Grandmother. And I love my country. I love my family. I don't want to leave behind uh, a nation of tyranny. I don't want to leave that. And, you know, I don't I don't want to I don't want my life to be wasted for something that it, it has no value to me. Freedom has there's value with freedom. And what is your freedom worth? I mean, 
there, there's a price to be paid. And there are plenty of veterans that I'm sure are, are some of your listeners. They know what it's like to lay down their life. They know what it's what freedom. Freedom is not free. Nope. I mean, that's the uh, Korean War Memorial. Freedom is not free. How true is that? We need to learn that. We need to learn that in in this this day and hour. Well, and, so, and I read a survey here from about oh three or four weeks ago. It said upwards of seventy four percent of people age eighteen to thirty four are totally good with socialism. They just think it's the greatest thing ever. They don't know what it is. They don't exactly. know what it is, but they've been taught through all these indoctrination camps and colleges and public school systems how great it is, and you know all this. Look what's come out in in schools and colleges in the last three years. Yeah. Never in a million years. I had no idea. I have, we have three girls. We sent them to public schools. Never had a clue until the day they threw a mask on my kid. And I'm like, oh, my head's coming up out of the sand. Time to get in the fight. And ever exactly. since that day, we've known something is up. Exactly. 100%. And if there's anything that good that came out of uh, COVID, it was the fact we found out what was going on in the public school system. Oh, I say COVID was the biggest blessing we've had ever. Yeah. It's really? the biggest con ever dropped on humanity, but it's the biggest blessing, too, because we were all sleeping. Mm-hmm. kind of backfired we, on them yeah we better wake up and stay awake because yep. if we're not vigilant and we're not staying awake then we'll we'll be we'll be in line yep. and I, I don't want to see that happen yep. i don't want to see it well so, connie we really appreciate you coming on i, I you know we want to get this thing produced and get it out there so we get the message out as soon as possible um just really appreciate what you're doing and you're one of those patriots with grit you're in our club now Oh, you're sweet. You guys are great. <laughs> and really, if it wasn't for people like you and some of the uh, patriots that have these podcast platforms to to get the truth out, we wouldn't be getting it. I mean, uh, there's, there are too few people that are speaking speaking the truth, and we don't want truth to fall on the streets, and nope. you're not letting that happen in your, in your, your area. So uh, thanks again. Uh, I can't thank you enough for giving me an opportunity to share about my friend John Woods. Yep. It's been well, a joy. We, we appreciate everything you're doing and Lee Valentine's doing and all those in that fight. Just thank you for thank you for, you know, being a great teacher of the Constitution. You've been teaching the Constitution for 20 years, I believe. Actually, actually over 20 years. Okay. Yes. And, and you'll love this. The Constitution is my textbook. Nice. Nice. That's another shirt. That's another shirt. <laughs> there you go. All right, Connie, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you joining us today. God bless you, too. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good Bye-bye. night. We'll be in touch. Bye-bye. Bye.